was intended for mature audiences and contains adult content, graphic language, graphic violence, nudity, and strong sexual content. Viewer discretion is advised. Like, we'll leave it up to you. But you gotta know about this stuff before getting into this whole thing, you know? I mean, straight up, one guy gets his face bitten off by a raccoon. And we show it. Oh man, do we show it. Real big close-up. And we spoke to a scientist to make sure it was, you know, physically correct and whatever. We said, hey, scientist guy, like, how much damage could a raccoon realistically do? And he told us, a, a lot. It Shame for what you believe And feel the black sky ecstasy The more you move, the more you forget You feel the bass break apart your chest Feel the real surrounding me Consuming my soul, everything Put your head out, cast attention Right, yeah, here. we'll just tell a story about someone eating fucking unicorn sherbet jizz, and you'll be fucking rolling on the floor. Anything with jizz, I'm rolling on the floor. It's sticky. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. All right, y'all. He's Big Duke Six. He's Cakes. All right, Dukey. Who we got on tonight, brother? Well, we have a special guest, Spider Monkey from Sky Warriors. How's it going, Spider? I'm doing good. How are you all? Ah, fair to Midland, fair to Midland. Oh, you took my line, Dukey. I, I guess uh, I, I ain't flying high, and I ain't, but I'm not hungover, so that's always a good plus side. Hey, that's always a plus. <laughs> All right, Spider, well, why don't you uh, give us a little rundown about uh, like uh, who you are in the game before we cover who you are out of the game. So I fly for one. I'm Spider Monkey. I think I'm 71st in the U.S., 631st in the world, somewhere like that, in only 10 months. Yeah, you uh, you caught me in Blu-ray past. Of course, I I kind of put it down too, but you woulda anyway, because you you were you were a man on a mission. Yeah, no, I I set my goals high, and and went for it. <laughs> Oh, yeah, full send or no send, eh? Yeah. Just yes. send it. <laughs> so you've been with one the whole time? No, I actually started out in a little pile of crap squad. I can't even remember the name of that one. And oh, then uh, then I met, I met up with Pop, Code, and a bunch of the other fellers that played in L.A., Roper MC, those guys. I met up with them in VVV, which was a spinoff of HA1. And from there, that's when I made it to one. And then there was a big falling out of the group when Pup exploded at some of the leadership in one. You know the story behind that, Kegs. I remember bits and pieces of it. Uh, if I remember right, it was something, something along the lines of him. Of uh, he thought uh, Ghost was fake, or some some along them lines. Or I, I can't quite. I actually can't quite remember. No, was, he, 
ended up he ended up calling out DD of all people. Oh, I thought I, I thought it was Ghost he was bitching at, not DD. No, no, he he ended up into it with DD, and pretty much it was pack your shit, get out, and basically it was he he didn't understand he didn't understand how one runs and one runs is yes we are we are a competitive diamond league squad but we don't we don't try to push people to go all the way to number one originally the squad started out as make one point just have fun and and pup pup lost that concept of it and wanted us to push towards number one trying to take out IA1 and and bro and all of them and that's just not what the squad was built for no no if there, if there was ever a squad I'd flown with that you could say that it was truly it felt like a family and and whatnot it it's them guys they're they're a solid 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 group of guys yeah yep I'll well, and, 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 and ladies, and ladies, and there's a couple ladies, ladies in yeah, there. Do not forget about the ladies. No. Can't can't do that. That'd be that'd be uh, uh, unchivalrous of myself. Yeah, I just found out yesterday. I just found out yesterday we have another lady in our squad. So there's two or three of them, if I was remember right. Kamikaze is also a lady. Really? That's one I didn't yeah. expect. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah. Good for her. Heck yeah. Found that out by accident on Sky Warrior's Facebook the other day. (laughs) Read in the mail the other day. (laughs) (laughs) So, outside the game though, and I believe outside the game, what you do professionally comes with how you got your name for the game, if I remember correctly. Am I on the right track there? Yes, sir. Would you care to expand upon that a little bit first for uh, everyone's orgasming pleasure? So, I'm a scaffolding superintendent. I'm also a scaffold builder, erector, dismantler. Um, but I specialize in a lot of I specialize in a lot of suspended scaffolds, not not building from the ground up, oh. but building from beams and stuff and working my way down or up off of beams and structural steel. Sounds like so, a, a butt puckerish event. Well, <laughs> yeah. If you're if you're an adrenaline junkie, you know, it'll definitely get your blood going. What's some of the highest uh, scaffolding you've had to build like So, so most of our bigger builds are inside of fireboxes of full fire boilers. Um, our biggest one is 210 feet start from start of the scaffold to top of the scaffold. That's pretty substantial there. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's, 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 not, your, that's not your normal biker scaffold for sure. No. no, I mean, the highest thing I ever worked off of was back when I was doing roofing. We did a church, and we had to scaffold off one side of it. Um, and it was obviously from the ground. I think it was about 80, 80 feet, 100 feet, something like that. 
Yeah, oh, that, that noise was, oh, I, get child's play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's, that's, it's uh, definitely, it's, it's one of those, one of those industries that you don't just go into and go, yeah, I can do it. And then you sit there and you have people locking up at, you know, 50 feet off the ground and you got to try to figure out how to get them off of a fucking scaffold pole. I mean, I don't know about 50 feet, but I guarantee you once we hit about 100 to 150, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'll be done. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not doing no 210. Uh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> I did 310 on the giant drop back down in Gurney, Illinois. I, what is that? Six Flags or whatever. And I wasn't even climbing on it. And I was like, yep, this is good. I'm, I'm content here. Oh, the ride was fun. The view was cool. But I'm just sitting there looking down going, you know, I'm really glad I'm not having to jump around out here. Love yeah. those rides. <laughs> uh, I was... I was a kid, so I I grew up all along the West Coast, and so I've lived in every state along the West Coast, including Alaska, which is where I was born. And but anyways, my my dad ended up in California, and so California's got a shit ton of theme parks and everything. And Paramount's Great America had a ride called The Edge. It was like a big elevator. It took you up. I don't know how many feet it took you up, but you could see the whole park from up where it stopped at. And then it shoots out onto its track. And then you sit there for a little bit, and you don't know when, but it just drops. Well, we ended up with a fun game where you'd stick a penny on your knee. And as soon as it dropped, that penny'd levitate and you'd try to catch it before you hit the down slope or the slow down track we sat there and did that over and over and over again it was just fun sounds like a nice hand-eye coordination exercise oh yeah (laughs) sounds like an easier way to get someone to punch themselves in the face too Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Or 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 have a penny in the eye you know, <laughs> a little, little, little Tommy Copper infusion. Mm-hmm. Wow. So obviously, superintendent, you're you're pretty high up there. Then, hey, you're you, you're you got like foreman reporting to you, and so I wouldn't. I wouldn't must have some perks. I mean, you probably get to just stand on the ground now, in like an air conditioned truck, and just yell at people through a megaphone, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, no megaphone, and no, pretty much I have. <laughs> Pretty much I have a two-way radio strapped to me all day long, and I have five different trades calling me and telling me what they need, and I got a 13-man crew that fulfills all those needs. So then I just sit and I, I track time and everything else, I give them... I give my crews advice to make their life easier. <laughs> so basically, you're just the king of delegation. Pretty much. Well, yeah. takes a good amount of know-how to do that. And I, I, I will yeah. say this, man. You got bigger cojones than I got. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's some crazy scaffolding. From, yeah. 
a hanging scaffold. I've, I've seen it, never been on one. Yeah. I was usually hanging off some cable tray somewhere way up above a tank farm without a harness on until safety would try and catch me and I'd hook on, hook on to something real quick. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We I, play I that elect- same game. I was an electrician. Uh, I did a lot of industrial electrical work. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I've been around the uh, scaffold builders and stuff. I've never had to use much, but other trades were. We usually had our own cable trade we were climbing up on, so... Um, yeah, and in fact, actually, right now, Big Duke, uh, I'm building scaffolding in the largest of its kind in the world of a natural gas power plant. Nice. It has it has 18, 18 V20 Caterpillar engines, and each engine weighs 70 tons. Wow. Woof. See, now you're, now you're getting a little bit more into my language, because I deal with, you know... Small, much smaller scale stuff, but I, I do uh, crushing and screening and stuff. So the engines and the all the other stuff, like for my gen set and all that other stuff, not not, yeah. not I understood that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did. The, so basically, I did. basically these are these are V twenty Caterpillar engines that have a turbine generator mounted on the end of them. Right. Basically, a, basically a big, big alternator. Big screws. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Uh, yeah, I did a did the uh, a fuel refinery in uh, Ponca City, Oklahoma, and uh, that was a trip. That was kind of yeah. cool. Fuel refinery. Okay. There. Yeah, I, I was a superintendent there, electrical superintendent, and yeah, I was always tripping out over my electricians, making sure they weren't smoking. Mm-hmm. Certain, places, <laughs> certain places you smoke, the whole place would go. Whoa. Oh yeah. <laughs> and electricians yeah. are prima donnas and. They're always thinking they can do what they want. Yeah, it was a constant just running around, running around, running around, making sure they're being safe. <laughs> I, thought, I thought pipe fitters were the prima donnas. I don't know. Ooh. They can be, but electricians, <laughs> electricians can be whiny. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I did uh, you know, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw myself under the bus right here, and I'm gonna say it's the it's the excavator operator, because if the air conditioning goes out, I guarantee you'll be crying. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, because I bet that guy. I had a forklift <laughs> operator. I had a forklift operator the other day. She her name's Brittany. Again, she she's broken like three forklifts, and. Neither one of the other three had air conditioning in them, and we've been hitting a hundred. And so she was driving by the other day, and I said, "Hey, how you liking the new forklift?" I was like, "It got AC in it," and and she goes, "Yeah, it kind of kind of keeps my right arm cool." And I said, "Oh, that explains why you haven't broke it yet." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we've yeah. I, I I get I get that one. Been there, done that. <laughs> and of course, now I, I just recently got got promoted, so now I'm running the site. Now I'm just trying to a get it working for my loader guy who has to sit in his cab all day, you know. But we're hitting like 105 heat indexes with like almost 90 percent humidity, and his AC ain't working at all. I. I it sucks when you gotta do ten hours in that machine, and then it's just a sweat box, you know. Oh yeah. So, 
But, you know, I, my AC works, so I guess it ain't no sweat off my ass. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, uh, um, um, okay, so we've been all over the West Coast. We covered why you're called Spider Monkey, because you do some crazy-ass shit. Yeah. Um, have you ad- have you adopted a prehensile tail yet? Uh, if you count ass clinching as a prehensile tail, then yeah, yeah. Excellent. Uh, That'll do. Uh, where, whereabouts are you at in the country nowadays? Anyway, still on the west coast then, or Montana? I forget what they call that state. State with the sky. Something about the sky. Anyway, um, big sky. There you go. Big sky state. Yeah. Um do any hunting out there obviously i mean obviously what else is there to do yeah i i elk hunt deer hunt antelope so sometimes if i'm feeling frisky i just go out with the ar and go hunting coyotes and fox you know prairie dogs at 300 yards that kind of Ooh, shit. that sounds fun that sounds fun yeah because <laughs> then prairie dogs are like what like a foot tall no not even not Maybe even. eight inches. Oh, oh, they're just little, little guys. Yeah. 300 yards. I, I wonder if I can hit that with my AR. I only got a, I only got a holographic on that, but I, 300, that'd be iffy. I think it'd be iffy with my sights. Mm-hmm. No, I put a scope on mine just for that fun. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say, you probably need to zoom in a little too. Oh, that'd be worth, that'd be worth a trip. Montana well, I mean, ones, I, I've always wanted to go hunting that. Uh, yeah, well, you know, figure out when dog season is. Actually, I think Montana is one of the states. If you're not a resident, you can't do it. Come to think yeah. of it. So I guess we'll just uh, we'll pretend we I didn't say that. We can just say they're my dogs. Oh, now we're <laughs> fair enough. All right, yeah, that'll work. We can sneak gigs down through the thicket with them. I'd love to come down there and, and go check out Montana honestly I uh, on that mountain men show my old lady got me into it I was watching that with her and I was like man that place looks cool you know anytime they showed Montana I'm like I, I want to go play yeah it's it's definitely steep country get on get on a Stairmaster before you come up here Oh, don't tell me that. that that's going to totally devo- demotivate my ass. Yeah. It's like, shoot an animal, it looks like it's 300, 400 yards away, and yet you walk about two and a half miles up and down hills. Yeah, I'm, I'm a fat kid. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't do Stairmasters. Yeah. Well, if you can chase after dogs, then you're not an out of shape fat kid. I think that's more of a high, highly determined fat kid. Yeah. Hey, either way, it's the motivation that gets you going. It's all in your right. Head. Oh, that's my old man used to say shit like that all the time when I was younger. You know, freaking, uh, it's all mind over matter, boy. If you don't mind, it don't matter. Every time uh, I bash like my hand with a hammer. Like your old man and my old man were about the same. Probably. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> But every time I'd bash myself with a hammer or do something stupid, he'd say that to me. Well, I'm sure we got a few hunting enthusiasts here. Let's ask this question. What's your What's your favorite gun, and what's your longest shot with that gun? Uh, favorite gun would probably be my 6.5 Creedmoor. Longest shot with it 
was 1,200 yards. God dang, we got ourselves a sniper in the house, too. It's set up pretty nice. <laughs> well, you know, 1,200 yards, you're only a couple hundred short of a mile there, so. Yeah, but no, That's, it, uh, it's a nice it's a nice setup on that rifle. So. Oh, it's all in the scope? The, it's, it's, it's got to be a night force, then, if you're saying it's all in the scope. No, it's actually a Vortex. Those but are nice. Is, Those are real nice. But it is, but it is a turret scope. Uh, the next sixty. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, so, um, but the funny story behind that rifle is the rifle I pretty much got for free. So I put all the money into the optic. So my wife. My wife entered a raffle around Christmas for the local baseball team and won the raffle for the rifle. Oh wow! And then, and then, so I put fifteen hundred dollars in optics on it. Yeah, that'll do it. Just so I paid for something, you know. I, I fell forty plus feet with a gun on my back, landed on the gun in the scope, and I still shoot the gun in scope. It was a Leopold. Mm-hmm. After that. After that, I I was I'm a Leopold fan, especially oh, after yeah. surviving that kind of sudden stop, you know. Oh yeah. No, Le- Leopold's good. Their their warranty program on their scopes is just as good as Vortex. The thing about that I noticed that's different, and this was a learning curve last year. Uh. My son got to go elk hunting with me for the first time last year. And uh, I ended up carrying my 7mm rem mag because that thing kicks like a mule compared to that 6.5. And I let my son carry the 6.5. And we ended up tracking through a snowdrift. He ended up falling over with that turret scope knocked it out about three clicks to the left and I didn't realize it ended up going out the next day and I had a nice well so you guys back east you guys call them six points but there was a nice three point uh white tail for us out west anyways and I took a shot at it it bucked up like I hit it well, no. Apparently, I hit the tree in front of it and threw bark in its face. I'm sitting there trying to track that thing like I hit it. No blood, no nothing. Can't find it anywhere. All of a sudden, I look down at the scope, remembering yesterday. And sure as shit, it's three clicks off zero to the left. And I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> so, yeah... Turret scopes, yeah, they're they're good for long range shit, but but traipsing through the trees and everything else, you got to double check all your all your gauges and dials and everything else all the time. So lesson learned there. Yeah, well, uh, that's the fun stuff. That is the fun stuff. Well, what else oh, do you yeah. do for fun? Oh shit, we go fishing, camping. Uh, Got a got a 250 cc Raptor 
squad that's fun as hell to play around with. Son's got a dirt bike. You know, we just we enjoy the outdoors. Yeah, yeah I'm trying to I'm trying to trying to get my kids more involved in the outdoor or physical yeah. activity stuff, but tis the generation of the fucking light up screens. Oh yeah. Yeah, there is that. I mean, my son's built his own gaming PC from the ground up, spent all of his own money on it. So I was like, well, whatever. <laughs> but, right? Uh, he, he knows more than I do, I can tell you that. And here we are on a podcast that originated due to a game. That I'm right? Yep. But no, and I, I do. I, I enjoy my gaming. And, I mean, I've got guitar as another hobby. So, so how do you I'm, make time for all of that extra stuff and still put up the points that I know you do? Sometimes it's not making time for all the other stuff. Sometimes it's just putting up points. What, what do you usually average on a, you know, when you're having to get at it if you're in a tight war? Let's see, probably... If I had to average it on a tight war, I'd say average is probably seventy to eighty thousand. Yeah, I, I I flew with one for a little while. I, I loved running, trying to run with Ghost and Double Deuce. They're always yeah. like, and I would they'd run as long as I could with them. But I was notorious yeah. staying up the whole time for war, too. So yeah, yeah I was bad. But about no, that. I mean my my highest. My highest I've done is a hundred and seventy thousand. That's pretty. <laughs> Can't complain with that one. That's, that's yeah. putting the points there. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of, have y'all? You didn't. You haven't heard about the, the chosen few tournament thing going on, have you? Yeah, I no, did. No, sir, I, I have I, not. I, have you, Spider? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I heard about it. I just haven't had much details on it. Yeah, I, I went ahead and joined. I just don't have yet. I think three on three. I think it is, and I don't have any partners yet. But I've got my name in the hat. Uh, yeah, this, this first run's like a test run to kind of see how it work, how it goes. But it seems pretty neat the way it the way it's being set up. Um, they're, they're putting a lot of effort into it. And, uh, yeah, it, they they seem to be. I just I don't know the details on it as far as how it's played what time it's played and how they're scoring it. Yeah, I, I know that um, they're playing it through the week. It's like 21 rounds, and it goes through the week, through a week, and something about giving you time to set up, you know, you're facing your opponent. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm still learning all that myself. And uh, But, yeah, it's, it seems interesting, and uh, I hope it works out because, it, you know, it'd be fun to have a – tournament like that where you can actually face somebody playing three of you hey I call you out and you know we're on, on the list there you know you go at it yeah. and see who's best and uh yeah but uh, yeah so, so uh, basically it's it, do, you, do all the points scored by those three on three teams have to be done playing in a team um yeah I, yeah as far as I know because it's set up like a bracket it's gonna be like a bracket set up Okay, way. so it's whatever you guys cumulatively score while flying in a team together. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, sure. okay. And I'm not sure how it's 
done how they're doing the, um, you know, you're facing your opponent, you know, and I'm not sure if it's a point battle or if it's, that's something I'm still trying to figure out myself, so. But, that uh, sounds interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's why I went ahead and threw my name in the hat. Dope setting it up. Yeah, he's. Oh, okay, he's, okay. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's putting effort into it. He's he's a guy that I've had the pleasure to get to know on Discord and whatnot. He's he's a good dude. Helped me out a lot with uh, like strategy on using fast missiles, stuff like that, rather right. than having to buy trackers and all that all the time. But, right, and then the guys at one are really good at keeping you up till two o'clock in the morning on their evening. Oh, our evening, oh, yeah. uh, so that's yeah. like voice <laughs> that's chats like and whatnot. Junior thought I was dead when I was off for that while, and uh, he said he's getting ready to come to the states and find me. You know what's going on? I laughed. I could see him doing it, and uh, oh, Junior would do it. Junes would Junes would show up. Mm. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I, I doing. It. I said, I'm, I'm alive. I'm alive. <laughs> and that was everyone was asking me if I'd heard from you and next thing and I'm like dude I don't know he said something about the hospital and then all of a sudden we didn't hear from you and I'm like dude I don't know I, I, he just had surgery not long ago I said I don't know what's going on did he die I'm like I flip a coin I guess <laughs> I was working on hunting camps man it was it wasn't exactly roughing it but there just was no signal <laughs> where I was working I don't know uh, these things were ultra nice hunting camps, but just no signal. Just yeah, that, ha- that happened. If you didn't have Southern Link, you didn't have a signal. Uh, but, uh, oh, man. Oh, you know, y'all man, talking, we were talking stuff. about safety and stuff earlier. Y'all know I found a loophole one time years ago back with uh, for OSHA. I, the loophole was if you have an OSHA, uh, an OSHA certification person, whatever, Tattoo the OSHA approved emblem on you. You're const- your OSHA approved no matter what you do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, not sure that's gonna how to, that works. I'm gonna have to try that for Emshaw and see if that gets me anywhere on the, my next inspection. I threw yeah. a, I threw that up to a, a safety person that um I'll say Kimberly Clark one time. It just drove them batty. It for a week they were trying to figure out because it's like a gray area and it, they don't do gray areas they were like it's either you know they're like yes or no there's no maybes but with that being in a gray area it just threw this dude this dude just about drove himself great to the nutty bin trying to figure that all out and uh I laughed and laughed and laughed and uh, he'd never did heard he, anything like that did he end up with an OSHA tramp stamp he he never gave me a definite answer in the yes or no <laughs> he just kind of just disappeared on me. Uh, I guess he uh, went back up towards Pittsburgh. He's from Pittsburgh area. And uh, he was already freaked out by me because of orientation. They were talking about animals around there that could bite you that were poisonous or whatever. And I raised my hand when he started saying animals, and I never took my hand down. He's like, you've been bit by all that? And I'm like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> He just said, I'm staying away from you. You got bad juju or something. He said, <laughs> no, I think I got good, good luck. I haven't died from any of it. So, uh, but yeah, he, he was already iffy about me. So, 
Yeah, he stayed away. Yeah, it's Scorpion King over here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The good stuff. Gotta love fucking with your safety people. Uh-huh. Gotta Bye. do it or they'll be on your ass. Yeah. Right, well, it's the one we had when I worked up at the mine over yonder here. She'd, she'd come up and be like, what's new today? I said, where do you want me to start? And she'd just be like, never mind. <laughs> the one day I looked at I said, I got a bunch of pictures you're going to love to look at. <laughs> oh, we had a front end loader, and you know where the, the, the arms come down from by the cab there, that where they connect up? Yeah. Your pivot point there? Well, yeah. you know, all around, all around where like the the main support of that area was just cracked to shit, just years of abuse, and apparently no one noticed. And I took a bunch of pictures of it because I knew she was coming by that day, and she come up into the office, where or up into my office, you know, and whatnot. And yeah, asked her usual. So what's new today? And I went, I got a bunch of pictures for you, and I showed her those. And she goes, this thing is being used. I said, presently. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she about come unglued. Yeah, yeah, they tend to do that. I'm like, well, I'm not the super stupid advisor that said to run it, so you go ahead and talk to them. Yep. <laughs> um, it's actually not Hades hot right now. It feels like Satan's anus down in South Alabama. How hot is it down there? Oh, it is bad hot. I mean... Umbera, it's like 97, 98 with a 90% humidity. Yeah, it's just unbearable. I'm ready yeah. to go with it. We hit 93 here today. Not as bad humidity-wise, but us Montanans ain't used to 93. <laughs> yeah, amen to that. I'm, I'm hailing from Upper Peninsula, Michigan, and we, yeah, no, we don't do that shit, and it's been hitting it way too much lately. Yeah. The downside is we got the big fucking lakes right here, so it, when it is hot, it's always humid. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, Friday was, or Thursday was the hottest day last week. It was, what, nine, 98 with like 90% humidity. I think they said the heat index was like 115 or something like that. It was stupid. Yeah. And, uh, no thanks. What's that? I said no thanks. I'll take my winter time again. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> oh, I'll take the I'll take twenty below. That'll work right now. Yeah. yeah. I can always yep. put I can always put more clothes on. Fucking, they frown on it at work if I take too much off. Generally, generally a harness and a banana hammock is not OSHA approved. Yeah. yeah. Well, what if it's high vis? <laughs> what if it's a high vis banana hammock? Right, but OSHA does stay two inches on your sleeves, so is that, can you just you know rubber band some sleeves on real quick and just make it look good? Hell yeah. <laughs> Duke, Duke, he just heard 20 below, and he just he just got nervous. Yeah. No, I, 20 below is about my... I, I hold the record in the uh, Dippin' Dots freezer in uh, Paducah, Kentucky. I did it was the first CO2 freezing facility in uh, North America, and it's a negative 50 sustained freezer. I had 10 minutes in there at negative 50 with a T-shirt on. And, uh, yeah, I was, and I'm, I'm a polar bear. I was born in the wrong place. How much well, bourbon? So, how much bourbon did you drink the night before? Uh, I think I was drinking uh, mezcal the night before. 
So I'm, yeah. I'm, it, it's I don't explain it. You had enough antifreeze in you, you didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I came out there, my goat tea was frozen. Uh, just about had frostbite. But uh, I claimed the record, so I still hold it as far as I know. I know. And, uh, yeah, that was a pretty neat job. Being, it was a, the first of the of its kind, you know. Yeah. But, and, yeah, we had two big 400-horsepower uh, CO2 screws and two big 400-horsepower uh, anhydrous screws and, uh, for that freezing set, set up. You know, cooling towers and um, uh, six big um, air handlers on top of it. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty neat. Yeah, it was a sustained 50 below inside with a, it, it had like a wind chill in there. It, it looked like you were somewhere in Alaska or something in a blizzard when you yeah. were in the freezer. But that was the only place they'd make the dipping Dots, so they'd ship them from there all around the world. So they had huh. to freeze them down in this. You know, storm and nitrogen, or whatever, or, 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 or what is black ice or whatever. And, uh, yeah, dry it, ice. Dry ice to uh, transport it. Yeah. Huh. I was well, it sounds like we need to get you up into either Montana or northern Michigan for wintertime. Yeah, I've always sure. wished I had a place somewhere up there in the middle of nowhere that was cold when it got summertime down here. Well, see, the thing is, though, you got to make a choice. Do you want a shit ton of snow, or do you not want a shit ton of snow? Yeah, snow don't really bother me, I guess. Well, last year we had a storm that was good enough when it just overnight I couldn't get out of my house. Yeah. Well, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't get out through the front door. There was enough snow piled. There was like five feet of snow piled up in front of the door. I ended up having to take the screen out of one of my kids' rooms, jump out onto my garage, and then jump down into the snowbank and then shovel out the door so we could get out of the house. Well, I've done that before, but it was uh, trees and other houses. That's what we get when we get in hurricanes. You trade the snow for trees and debris and everything else. Yeah, see, I'll, I'll pass on that. I'm, I'm good. I, I, all them people that live in, like, Tornado Alley and on the Gulf Coast with all the hurricanes and shit, I'm like, nah, no, no, I'm not... Uh, I'm not rebuilding my house every three years. Yeah, no. No, that or I gotta get some floating furniture like Robin Williams said, some shit that goes up and fucking down. <laughs> yeah, no shit, eh? Because <laughs> I don't think Montana really gets a whole lot of total snow accumulation throughout the year, right? Uh, the mountains do. But the lower levels, like where I live, as far as accumulation goes, you're looking at two, three feet tops. For a year? Yeah. Jesus. But high, I realize higher, that, that higher, uh, higher elevation. So that's the thing about Montana is you go anywhere from 3,000 feet to 12,000 feet. Yeah. So at 12,000 feet, you get a lot of fucking snow. That's where all of our flooding's been coming from that's made national news for the last two years and everything else is all the runoff from that high elevation snow that we accumulate. Right, and we get, I forget how many feet a year we get, but it's its a lot. 
Yeah. Like, I think, hold on a minute here. I, I can do some math. I, I am capable of mathing. At least that's what I'm told. I, I think last year we had about 27 feet. Yeah. So, so now we'll, we'll end up higher peak elevations will hit that, if not more. But our lower elevations will average about two to three feet. Yeah, that's crazy. As long as nobody's getting me to drinking bourbon or whiskey or anything like that and trying to put snow skis on me, I'm fine with snow. I, that, we, tried that. <laughs> we tried that one time in Virginia up there. At, um, I forget the resort. Um, but they got had skis and all and had me all set up. Supposed to be taking me on the nice little easy course thing, and we drop off of it, and it's like the cup run, and I'm headed downhill like a snowball headed for hell, and I don't know how to turn on those snow skis. Well, <laughs> this first turn here, I go straight down through the like what maybe fifth year pines that was kind of growing through there, and they were like about six foot tall, you know, and I just tore a swath and hole all the way through them to all the way down to the bottom. <laughs> It looked like a tornado, a small tornado just went down the hill and just tore up all the pine trees. And uh, I'm laying down there, <laughs> cut up, skin up, then lost the ski. I, I guess I slalomed halfway down. And uh, I still had both the uh, little pole things you hold in your hand because I was strapped in my arms. And, uh, yeah, I and you them, had a death grip on them. Yeah, I said, no. <laughs> uh, my one time skiing on snow, I'll stick to Walking with snowshoes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah there have been no, no Olympics for me, no no X Games, no nothing like that. <laughs> yep, done. I will have to get you to do, at least do some extreme snow plowing. Well, if that was a sport, I would be good at it because, you know, they were all like, wow, you tore up. You actually were just tearing a hole through the pine trees. Like, well, I guess so. Look at me. I'm covered in, you know, I was covered in sap and uh, I could get smell off it smelled like pine saw for three days after that <laughs> it's been everything in my hair it's been my I could taste it I, uh, dang yeah that was rough <laughs> uh, well extreme snow plowing was actually made by me and a, a old Finlander buddy of mine who is no longer with, with us um, but we're plowing his driveway it was about a mile mile and a half of driveway um and part of that neck down to a small little, you know, one-lane bridge. And basically what would happen, we had to roll the banks back about halfway through the year. And uh, the snow would come rolling up over the front of the truck and accumulate on the windshield. Now, keep in mind, we got the heat wide open, fan wide open, only on the windshield. Windshield wipers on full bore. Nothing's keeping up with this at this point. So what you'd do is you'd crack your, your driver's side window just a little bit and you'd lean over and you'd look up through the little gap and you could see the tops of the trees and you'd line the tops of the trees up with the, the black edge of your like your windshield seal your window seal and that was meant you were pretty much about six inches off the edge of the road which is about where you wanted to be when you were pushing the banks back and you just sat there and stared at that looking up well you know just hammering down try, hoping that you don't go sideways or fall off the bridge or anything crazy like that or, or meet someone on the road because you couldn't see them. Wow. Yeah, that would be that'd be pretty intense. Yeah. So that was that was extreme snow plowing. We we, we yeah. kept saying we were going to try and send it in, have it put in the in the Winter Olympics, but uh, they never bid on it. 
Yeah. Pussies. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, we, uh, yeah, we tried a uh, buddy of mine. Buddy of mine one time thought we were going to come up with a new game. It was called uh, Move the Robo Deer. Uh, well, we didn't get in any trouble, but it it wouldn't be a good sport. Game Warden doesn't really uh, have a sense of humor about all that. <laughs> well, he put the robo deer out. You could see it. It was a robo deer, and it was in a spot where he couldn't see the deer itself. He could see the road. And as he was up on the dirt road, we circled way back around him on the dirt road, come in behind him. I dropped out. I went down through the bottom and picked up the deer, towed it back to the truck. We took it about two miles down the road and put it right in the middle of the intersection, out in the middle of nowhere. And it was like his head going up and down the middle of the intersection. You know, and uh, <laughs> yeah, the game warden did not take kindly to that one. He, <laughs> he was wondering why nobody was stopping. And uh, we down there couldn't find his deer. Uh, and it's the same one we locked in that time in the fence. And, uh, yeah, we used to give him, me and my buddy used to give him the blues. What boys did when he was in the woods, about all there was to do. <laughs> yeah. Hunt, hey. fish, ride, motorcycles. Just because they don't. Because they don't have a sense of humor doesn't mean we all don't. That's right. That's their problem. <laughs> I had a guy back when I was in Oregon. He sat there and he he became victim of the robo deer. Not not once, not twice, but he shot that thing three fucking times. Oh, and it didn't fall. Damn. <laughs> And that game warden fucking dinged him all three times. Oh, oh hell. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, and the game warden asked him, he goes, well, after the after the first time, when it didn't fall down, why'd you shoot again? <laughs> he goes, I was going to make it fall down. <laughs> you'd, already, you'd already caught me. <laughs> I'm gonna make that fucking thing fall down. <laughs> oh man! With uh, that being said, I'm, I'm Big Duke Six, and I'm Kegs, and we're the fuck out.